Grand Risings, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you guys had a good morning thus far. Okay, good morning thus far. I have been doing a lot of emotionally releasing things. This proverb says, really, wisdom has been working on me. And uh, a lot of times, wisdom is healed pain, okay? So when you can sometimes, the most high have you start feeling it as your pain is being converted to wisdom. And he'll start touching the hitting pain within there, okay? And when it's converted over to wisdom, it works for you and not against you, especially when it comes from the most high, okay? So it's a hard process. Um, depending on how deep you want to go, wisdom has been, I've been embraced wisdom. We've been sitting down dining with wisdom. We've been listening to her. And so this has really been, it has really been working on me. Okay. So we're going to still persevere in it. Okay. So now we're like almost halfway through the um, whole book of Proverbs. We are in Proverbs 12 today. We are in Proverbs 12. <clears throat> you know what it is. You go ahead and grab your paperback Bible. Okay. Or you can grab your uh, writing utensils, your note taking devices and things of that nature. Okay. I myself have had my particular Bible since 2003. My mother gave it to me, so I'm old school. Okay? I like to keep the same thing for a long time, okay? Or you can grab it on your devices, your iPad, your phone. You got iPhone, Android, you know, no judgments here. I'm team Android. I love it. Uh, your laptop, what have you, okay? Or you can put it up there on your TV. Let's go ahead and get into Proverbs 12. It says, Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. And you know what? Let me get my, my pen while I'm talking. I can't, I don't want I don't like to use Sharpies because you guys know if you have a Bible, it'll kind of like, you know what I mean? Go straight to the other page and it'll mess up. So I like to use a pen or a highlighter or you can use a pencil. Okay. So I want you to underline brutish. We're going to uh, look at that later. Okay. So what we're going to be doing now is I'm going to read and I'll ask you to underline or circle something, put an asterisk ne next to something, and we're going to go back to it later so we can just kind of get through. We just have to go ahead and get through um, the book of Proverbs. All right. Verse two, a good man obtain a favor of the Lord, but a wicked, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh a shame is as rottenness in his bones. We're going to go ahead and put an asterisk next to verse four. The thoughts of righteous of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. Okay. The words of the wicked are to lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. A man shall be commended according to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. We're going to put an asterisk next to verse eight as well. He that is despised and hath a servant is better than he that honoreth himself and lacketh bread. A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Put an asterisk next to that as well. Verse 11. He that, filleth, he that tilleth the land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. That's underlying vain persons, okay? All right, we're going to ask right now, are you a follower or are you a leader? Okay, we all have to follow something, but are you going to follow, follow someone that's a victory or follow them into vanity? That's very, very, very good today. All right, verse 12, the wicked desireth the net of the evil man, but the root of the righteous yield a fruit. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. 
and the recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. He that speaketh truth soweth for righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There is that speak of like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment, is temporary. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counsel counselors of peace is joy. There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. I want you to underline shall be filled with mischief. Lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but he that deal truly are his delight. A prudent man considereth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be shall be under tribute. Heaviness is in the heart of, of him that maketh a stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces them. We're going to underline it seduces them. They're seduced. See? Verse 27. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. We're going to underline no death, and I want you to decree there is no death. There's not going to be any death. Okay, so it's a very beautiful thing. This is very good. It was very, uh, like, a very power pack, right? Like all of the other Proverbs that we have read. And uh, we want to kind of go back, and you guys know I like to read the commentary from theologians to bring that to you as well. But I want us to go back to verse uh, 1, where it says, Whoso loveth instruction loves knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. Uh, we know what reproof is, but let's go ahead and do a nice little a, a, a repeat, okay, so we can understand what reproof is. Uh, reproof according to a biblical de definition, okay? Reproof means error, okay? Somebody is trying to refute you away from error, okay? The discovery of sin. Somebody discovered the rebuke of a wrongdoer. Hey, you're doing wrong. Stop doing that, right? Okay? But the reproof of them, it says, is brutish. Let's look up brutish. In the words, uh, the words in the Bible, brute or brutish, are used to describe people who act in an irrational or unreasonable way. A savage, vicious, wicked, nasty, cruel, ruthless, merciless, villainous, they're villains, murderous, heinous, nefarious, monstrous, like monsters, okay? Inhumane, basically. So, reproof, again, remember, means just to discover a sin. So, it says their, their reproof is brutish, is savage, the same savageness in which that they were doing whatever, whatever they were doing, the reproof of them, the rebuke of their wrong is going to be heinous because that's a lot of times that's what people, their intentions are. Right. Now, if you have mm -hmm. this inside of you, you know, we're going to um, take a little break and we're going to actually go ahead and do our repentance like we like to do. We're going to take five deep breaths and do some repentance. It's personal. You know, keep it to yourself. Okay, I'm going to keep mine to myself. And then we're going to say a quick 
uh, like affirmation prayer um, over this whole podcast. So we're going to start with our repentance confession in five, four, three, two, one, five deep breaths and go. All right, I hope that that was a good enough time for you guys, okay? And then I'm going to be adding something a little different to this. I'm going to be adding, we're going to add a little worship in this. I've been watching this guy, and I want you guys, when I'm inspired by somebody, I always cite my sources. It's this guy on YouTube called Philip Carter. And I found him by mistake. I like to play hymns in the morning, okay? I'm turning it to my mother and grandmother, when they how they were back in the day, because people change. But um, I have been turning into them, so I like to listen to hymns in the morning. Just to kind of keep a routine where I put on affirmations for my kids. You know what I mean? It's like, get on up. It's a good day. You know, it's praise the Lord. Whatever's going on. That type of thing. Like, to try to set that atmosphere in the house. And I was listening to hymns. You know how it would go from, like, one video to the next? And it went from the hymns um, that, like, play, like, for an hour. And it went to this other uh, video. And I was like, and I had to come and watch it. I said, what is that? It was this guy named Philip Carter. Um, his setup is so simple. It is so humble. And it is so powerful to me. Um, and I'm pretty sure you guys will enjoy that as well. Again, his name is Philip Carter. And I want to kind of, uh, I learned, I love the way that he kind of do his setup where he'll add music in there. Then he add a little bit of the word. And then he'll add some meditation time. He switches his instruments up. He'll do the organ. And then he'll do this keyboard, his professional keyboard. It's just very nice. And he'll sing older songs. And then some of the newer ones in the older style. So it just reminds me of me growing up in Jew Missionary Baptist Church in Detroit, Michigan. And that's where my roots comes from. That's where my foundation was, where the Reverend Harris, yes. That's what they used to call him, Reverend. You know, before we had apostles and prophets and, and my pastor and stuff like that. I never knew the term pastor until I started going to Second Ebenezer, okay, or Bishop. We call him Bishop Agravan, but um, I didn't know those terms until we started going there. I knew Reverend, okay? So that's what it reminds me of. It just gives me that girlish wonder, you know what I mean? Before, you know, people always talk about church heard and how the church is. I don't like to focus on that. I like to remember... And I have dealt with those things, okay? And that's some of my, some pain has come from those areas, like as other places as far as familial, romantic, myself, you know what I'm saying? We all experience pain from different walks on your job. You know, it could be different things that you experience pain from. So I'm not going to lie to so haven't experienced some type of pain from those areas, but I don't like to focus on those. And that's what I've been dealing with, with turning this pain into wisdom, is we're giving it over to God. And sometimes, well, you think you gave it over to him, he'll pull more out of you. So... I have, I like to focus as I'm giving him those pains in those areas, because in order to be able to trust again in those areas, I have to release whatever, whatever, you know what I'm saying, was in all areas. Okay. So even if it's pertaining to, if you had some religious things going on, or if you have family, or it could be a lot of times career, you know what I'm saying, or a job or lack thereof, you know, or support, those things cause pain. So we have to release those things. And when the Lord really want to get to something, he's going to dig and get to the root of that thing. Okay. So he's pulling that thing out. So while he's doing that, I'm going to give that over to him. I'll cry. I'll holler. I'll fin if I have to. And then I'm going to come back to him and tell him thank you. But um, I like to focus on the good times, right? So I had really, really, really a good foundation in Jew Missionary Baptist Church. And Philip Carter, Philip Carter kind of brings that same feel into it. It's really nice. I may play a little bit of him on here, but I don't want to, you know, do that to kind of like, you know, ah, you know what I'm saying? But he actually has really... Nice stuff. So I'm going to find him on here. And he has beautiful devotionals. He does uh, night hymn praise. It's just, that's basically how the, 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 um, 
what they call them, the programs. That's what they was called when I was young. We him praise devotional. You know, it was it's okay to have like, you know, the gimmicks. So like this, we're gonna do this series and this series. But like I'm doing the Book of Proverbs. That's this is how I would learn Book of Proverbs. It wasn't like, you know, we're gonna be with. You know, I understand that we have to do that catchy stuff in the marketing as far as you know today's age. But it's something just so pure and beautiful about like the old school. You know what I'm saying? It's just something so good about it. And it's still relevant. So, again, I want you guys to go subscribe to Philip Carter. Okay, he's a beautiful soul. God bless him and his wife and his, and his family. So, then I want to also go ahead and say a prayer and uh, affirmation over this podcast. Okay, as we dig into Proverbs 12. Okay, so, Lord, we thank you for waking us up and blessing us with another day of life. We glorify and we honor you. We ask that you open up the scripture and tell us what you want us to see. Protect us from all hurt, harm, and danger, Father God. And we thank you, thank you, thank you. And we are grateful to you. Through it all. Thank you. Thank you for your love. All right. So there you go. That was a nice quick little prayer. I know old school prayer. Okay. So we just went through verse one where that kind of jumped out at me. Where we're saying the reproof. It says that he that hateth reproof is brutish. So it's basically saying that the person who hates reproof, they're a brutish person. They hate to have their skin, their sin discovered. They hate to have. They hate to be told that they wrong doing something. And as brutish means savage or a wicked or a villainous person. So they could be pre presented like I'm a hero, but they could really be like a villainous person. And you could tell when you point something out, reproof. Hey, don't do that. Hey, don't do that to me. Or don't, don't do that to them. And you could see that brutish, ruthless, merciless nature come out. And we know anything that's merciless is not of God. I don't care what anybody say. Anything that's savage Towards, you know, trying to be better. It's not of God. It's just what it is. We have these things within us, right? I don't know about you. You might have some savage ways or barbaric or be cruel and nasty, you know, low, low down, you know, vile and humane. We could all have these type of ways or we could all have the proclivity to have these type of ways without God. Fiendish, okay? Or it says black hearted, right? So it says that they are brutish. All right. And I also wanted to ask you guys to put an asterisk to verse eight. And it says a man shall be commended. According to his wisdom, but he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised, shall be despised. Let's look up perverse. Okay. I know a lot of you guys, oh, that means pervert. Well, we want to look up the Bible definition of, you know, when you think of pervert, you think of like a sexual nature and that could be true as well. But it says a perverse heart, things start in the heart. Okay. Starting your mind and in your heart. So that's why we want him to create and us a clean heart, clean our hearts out, clean all of the hidden pain in there out. Just remove all of that stuff out of there, all of that. Just remove all of that out of there. And then I'm grateful for being able to go through the process of feeling those things. Because a lot of times life doesn't allow us to feel those things, right? So triggers can be your teachers when things trigger you. Or when you smell something or, you know, something reminds you of something. And if you go off or you like have a, 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 a just a moment, it's to show you the Lord said, give that to me. I want that too. You're like, I thought I already gave it to you, but that didn't show you that you did give it to me. When you give it to him, he, he has a beautiful way of transmuting and being able to form and mold because he is a, a, the ultimate potter. He could take your pain, that, that, that clay, that dirt that people threw in your name. He could take it and make it into something beautiful. He had turned it into his wisdom. And you'll be introduced to his wisdom in the form of a person, the feminine, the, the nurturing, the aspect of it, the protecting one to tell you things that are good for you, not for bad for you. So it's a loving nature of God. So you can turn it over to you. So let's look at what the word perverse means according to a biblical definition. And this is coming out of verse 8 and Proverbs 12. Perverse is a word that is used in the Bible to describe persons or actions that are morally wrong, twisted, or obstinate. Okay? So they have a morally wrong 
heart. Their heart is not a, I come from a place of love. No, not if you're going against your morals and you're doing stuff that's twisted. The same thing with us. I'm coming from a place of love. What if you gossiping about somebody and lying on them? You know, let's look up what morals is. Okay? Let's look up what morals is. Okay, morals, a lesson, especially one concerning what is right or prudent, and that can be de derived from a story, right? It means principles, right? Ideals, things that we know to be, you know, good, significance, meaning. So if you're going against your own morals to do something and you lie into yourself and say, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just such a nice person, but you're really brutish because you hate to be told that you're wrong, um, then you have a perverse heart. You have a twisted heart. And you can have that in different areas. Two things can be right at the same time. If somebody knows somebody or they know you and they can know you one way, somebody else can know you in a different way. Because you display maybe morals towards them and immoral towards the other person, right? So this is where it goes into the double-mindedness. And then we all have, you know, uh, flaws. So you can ask God, well, I don't want to have a perverse heart. I want to have a clean heart. And they tell you to guard your heart. Because if you don't guard your heart, okay, if you keep having immoral you have different things in your bloodline you have immoral people keep doing stuff to you when you don't guard your heart you're going to start wanting to do immoral things towards them now you twisted and perverse so they break your heart to twist it that's their their, their goal so remember it says that a person that hate if reproved they don't want them they saying to be found and i don't want you to know about all that they allow la la they lie to they die you understand so they allow to they go up in the sky they, they won't you understand or some people you may do that and they don't want that stuff to be found out. So their heart, they hate reproof because they're brutish. They're villainous and wicked and heinous. That's what it says. And then they do things. Their heart does things that's against morals. Okay. That's what verse eight is saying. And it's talking about that this perverse heart shall be despised. It's not something to be praised and looked at as beautiful. But if you have a whole lot of people or the societies that's saying this is a beautiful way to behave. They're starting to twist it to where a perverse heart is something to be praised. Being twisted and immoral is beautiful. Okay? And trying to guard your heart and be loving is hated. So, you have to be careful with that, okay? If you start seeing this kind of like warping of reality around you, you know, at a, at a workplace, you might want to start looking for another job. I'm just saying, okay? This is what it is, all right? Or a family might want to kind of pull away from your family. So let's go ahead to verse, verse 10. It says, A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Now, doesn't that sound that, that, that last half? Doesn't that sound like a contradiction? How does a cruel person have tender mercies? Because they don't. It cancels it out. Now, it says that a righteous man careth about the, the life of their beast, right? They regard the life of their beast. Like if you have animals or things of that nature, right? But the cruel person, they don't have no tender mercies. It's they're cruel. So it's just letting it's letting you know. It's basically showing you that there's a difference in ways that we choose to behave. And and then what would be the reward again? Proverbs is full of that. And what will be all of us have consequences, okay? So let's go ahead and take because I don't want to take too much of you guys' time up. And I want to get some music up in here. Now, actually, you know what? Before we go to uh, the commentary, you know, I love the theologian's commentary. I like to give mine and I like to read theirs. I'm like, hey, did they kind of line up or what could I have learned more about out of this text? Right. So this is basically it's, it's telling me about the folly of fa falsehood 
and then about the faithfulness and the beauty and truthfulness uh, and, and diligence and obedience. And so I'm trying to get better in those areas. That's why I want to kind of cultivate those areas. And sometimes it could be a blockage. You could be a stumbling block to your own self because you have pain. You know what I mean? You have pain in one of those areas. So if it's telling you you have a good counselor around you, but you've had counselor that, that wanted to, that cut you, that wanted to kill you, you'd have put up a block in that area and said, I don't ever want to be, be counseled again. So the Lord has to remove that pain out of that area. You're going to feel it. And then he wants to turn it into wisdom. And then you'll be able to be more obedient in that area. Does that make sense? So before we get into the theologian's commentary, let's take a little break and listen to some beautiful music, guys. You guys know I love music. Okay. All right. I hope that that blessed you guys. Wasn't that so beautiful? Wasn't it great? I'm still going to have that kind of playing in the background and we'll kind of test the sound out. Because again, I do not have like a professional setup. I literally have my Android phone and I have my laptop here, okay? So this, that's beautiful song and a beautiful uh, selection there of music uh, was coming from, again, Philip Carter. You guys go support other content creators. I believe you pay it for with honor, honor comes back to you, okay? It may not come back in the same vessel, but it's going to come back from somewhere, okay? So now let's get into this commentary from some of these theologians. You heard my commentary, right? What the Holy Spirit was talking to me about in that text. Let's see what some of the commentary of the theologians say. Okay, and I'll turn this music down a little bit more. So kind of softly play in the background, okay? So Proverbs 12 is a chapter in the biblical uh, book of wisdom, okay? Uh, it dives deep into the contrasting worlds of wisdom and foolishness, righteousness and wickedness. It offers profound insight into the rewards of leading a virtuous life and the perils of straying from the path of righteousness, okay? So it's very, very nice. Isn't that beautiful? And basically what I was saying, I was kind of showing you guys what the Holy Spirit was saying through me. I don't want to take any credit, but it was basically uh, just letting us know that we have rewards as well. Don't let them think that they, oh, you get rewards. Come on, there's rewards on both sides, okay? All right, so I think that it's a beautiful way to be able to see that. 
my apologies. I had to take a brief break. One of my children decided to stay home. They had a half day, and it's like, you could have went to school because he's being very distracting right now. And then the pets started. So, you know, that's how that's how, that's how the, uh, you know, stuff to try to take you off of focus, okay? Sometimes you have to rebuke your own family and your pets, all right? Not in a bad way. Just say, hey, go sit down, okay? Because I'm focused on understanding wisdom right now. So we're going to be coming from one of my favorite sites. It is Bible Ref. And then also, if you want to go deeper, a really, really good site is the EnduringWord.com, okay? They are really, really good, okay? So let's get into Bible Ref. Because you can always study this on your own time. Be a Berean. Okay, that means study, study, show yourself approved. Uh, study yourself. It's always study what other people are saying. So chapter 12 continues to offer individual statements of common sense and godly wisdom. Okay. The first portion of this chapter compares the various lifestyle of God-fearing people to the lives of those who choose foolishness and sin. Among the highlights of this advice is the stupidity, the irrationality of those who refuse to take good advice. You see what I mean? So I said, God's wisdom will take your pain and things you went through. And he, and he will turn your pain into his wisdom. That wisdom is pain, heal, and learn from experiences through him that you have given to him. Okay? So then therewith, you'll want to take his way and not the other way. So I said, it is stupid and it's irrational. For you not to listen to advice that's good for you. And we all have done that, right? So we don't want to do that. Likewise, it is noted that it's better to be successful, even if others do not know it, rather than appear successful and be a failure. Okay. Solomon also connects a person's treatment of animals to their righteousness. And that's, that's chapter uh, 12 again, verses 1 through 11. So it said that it was talking about a righteous man care about the life of their animals. You know, you can learn a lot about people about how they treat the animals. I know animals get on your nerves and stuff like that. We say, hey, go sit down. But you can kind of learn. You know, you should care about, and especially at this time, um, when this was written, they would have, they still do now around the world, but they would have livestock, you know, cattle, okay? Uh, bulls and goats and sheep you know, of that nature, things like that. And, um, you know, things that they will feed and they will uh, be fed from. And uh, things that they will watch over. So we know that David, his father, Solomon's father, David, was a shepherd. Okay? We know that about Solomon's father. I'm about to open my window up, guys, because it's kind of hot up in here. I got the heat too hot. But um, we learned that from uh, David. David was a shepherd. So, you know, we just see right here in the text, you can see a little history there, where Solomon uh, was very, very, of course, heavily influenced by David, his father. Okay? You probably saw David. David loved the sheep. David almost killed um, a guy, uh, which I believe was Abigail's husband, Nabal, which named me with fool. See that? It's talking about the foolish way and in a faithful way. Fool, he almost killed him because he was misusing the sheep, and David loved animals. So I think that's beautiful. So if you have a tender heart for animals, don't. If you're a man or you're a woman, don't let people say, "Oh, that's childish." No, that's great that you have a tender heart for animals. You know what I mean? If you work with animals, then it's in it that's righteous that you love to take care of animals. It's a beautiful thing, right? So we don't always want to just hear doom and gloom and what's wrong. It's right that you like animals. And it's letting you know that's beautiful how you treat your animals. How you take care of them. You make sure they're fed. And, you know, you talk to them. You play with them. You treat them as a member of the family. That's how I treat my animals. They're a member of the family, okay? They're like one of my kids, okay? So let's continue. The next part of chapter 12 makes frequent references to speech. Those who lie put themselves at risk. Their own deceit eventually contradicts itself and they will be caught. See how that goes? Sorry, guys, yet another distraction. Okay, my mom gave me a call. So, 
Uh, I was trying to check, make sure everything was okay. Okay. Keeping my auntie in, in my prayers. You know, we pray that she is uh, safe. All right. Yeah, that my aunt is safe and that she has a good healing process. Okay. All right. She's calling me. Give me updates on my aunt. So, let's go ahead and continue reading. Okay. Where will we be at? Oh, it's about the speech. Okay. Those who put themselves at the risk of getting caught. Okay. Those who patiently hold their tongue, waiting to speak until they have something useful and helpful to say are wise. In contrast, are those who can't control their speech, hurting other people and damaging their own reputation in the process. Or special detaste to God, okay, are those who persistently lie, okay? So that's very, very important. We all want to be able to hold our tongues and stuff like that. So I've gotten very good at doing it publicly, but when I'm in a home and something is bothering me, I will vent to the Lord and before him, just naked and unashamed, okay? <laughs> Ain't no shame in my game, you know what I'm saying? So, all right, so the last statements. The last statements, and let's turn this music down. Philip is singing today, okay? But I don't want him to oversing when I'm talking, so... Turned up a little bit. The last statements of this chapter return to the opposing results of godliness versus sin. Hard work, honesty, goodness, and kind words benefit a person and those around them. Laziness, lies, and rebellion against God are past the disaster. So I don't want to be lazy. I don't know about you. I don't want to be walking around lying and living a lie. I don't want to be in rebellion. Now, contrary to popular belief, we let's look, let's look at this word rebellion, okay? I want to be hardworking, which I am, a good work ethic. I want to be honest with myself about things that's going on. And the Lord will continue to open up. He will unmask lies and different things and illusions and show you honesty within yourself, right? Um, goodness, I want to be good. You know, who doesn't want to be good? Who, want to, who doesn't want to have kind words for people that you're around? Oh, nice to see you. Oh, that's great. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's good you're doing that. You know what I mean? Now, everybody, you know, you got to correct, you know, you got to set them boundaries up. But if it's people that are around you, your pets, this this chapter talked about that, your, you know, family and things of that nature, you want to be able to, you know, be honest with them. You want to be good to them. You want to have kind words for them, right? You you want to work hard for them. You don't have a problem doing that, right? Um, versus, do you want to be lazy with them? You want to lie to them and be rebellious, I guess, so, right? That is a disaster. So this is so common sense, and it's also a, 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 as far as practical, and it could be a spiritual component. We don't want to be like that with God, but we also don't want to be like that with other people around us or even with our pets or even with ourselves. Right? So let's look up rebellion here. Because the, the odd thing is you will have a lot of people calling you rebellious, but they don't even know the, the um, instructions you were given. And you, you can't have too many chiefs and not enough Indians. And that that's no, if that makes anybody uncomfortable, that's of their nationality, my apologies. I don't mean it that way. I mean it in the sense of you can't have too many chefs in the kitchen. And somebody got to be a sous chef. Somebody got to be a server. Somebody got to clean up. Somebody got to shut up. You understand? So when it comes to the point where uh, you have people in your life, everybody can't be telling you that you're rebellious. They don't know what you was told, especially if you don't have a personal relationship with them. What God told them to do is not what he told you to do always, is if you're not connected. If, if And this is how you can test it, okay? This is how you can test this. This is a good commentary here. How you can test if it's a godly connection. Because that's what Proverbs is talking about. Okay? Virtuousness versus being vile. That's what it's talking about. And we all have some of this different varying degrees. Right? But life is built off of not only our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, but our relationship with others. How you can tell if it's a godly connection or if it's a connection that comes from the other place. 
as if are they lazy with you? Do they ghost you? Do they not, do they not call and check up on you? Do they not care? Are they lazy with showing their affection towards you or uh, celebrating you? Do they lie to you? That's a big one. You know, everybody tell little lies and stuff. That's why we repent. But I'm talking about, do they just outright just lie to you? You know, if it if it's a a, a, a colleague at work that that's your, you know, you cool with or whatever, y'all, you know, sometimes go out to lunch. Are they just lying to you? Oh, yeah, I, I'm divorced and they really married. Now, they got no kids and they do. Those are big lies. Like, are they lie about their career? Are they lying to you? Or do they lie that they like you? Because you can see if they don't like it because they'll be rebellious towards you. You can see what somebody like by what they're dedicated to. They can tell you all day, I just love eating healthy. And they'll take pictures with healthy food. They'll be on health, health conventions. And then, you know, like everybody indulge. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody who's just completely just blandly just lying and they be rebellious. And then, you know, come to find out, you be eating church's chicken every day. I don't know if they have church's chicken where you guys are. I'm from Detroit. Okay, so yeah. Or KFC. You know, you eat that every day. You just chow down, just eat that every single day. You don't love no, wait a minute. Right? Those are lies. That they're being rebellious something towards something that was that, you know what I mean? Or they say, I just love being consistent. When I love somebody, when I care about them, man, I'm there for you. You call them. I had a bad day at work. You know what I'm, I'm I don't know what to tell you. I'm busy. That's that's a sense of laziness. When somebody doesn't want to put in the effort. That's what laziness is. It's the opposite of effort. That's not no connection from no God. Now, do we have lazy season? Do we all kind of tell a little white lie? Do I look fat in this? No, you look great because you don't want to hurt their feelings. You know what I'm saying? You kind of tell me, maybe you should put a jacket on with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about, I'm talking about, or you being outright rebellious. Hey, I'm going to this area of my life. No, we ain't about to do that. I'm about to tear. You understand? You're being rebellious on my path that I said I want to go in life. If they were for you, they will continue with you. You can't continue with me and be trying to cause calamity and being rebellious towards what I'm trying to do. If I'm trying to build a business and you're trying to tear it down and be rebellious against it, then you being lazy, don't want to put in no effort, and you lying about the business. You're not sinning from, you're not sinning from God. You, you, you're just going to cause disaster. It's not going to cause devotion. Would, I be, would you be devoted to somebody, that, people that acting like that towards you? Versus if somebody coming and they're like, well, I'm about to put in this work. They show effort. They show concern. It's reciprocal. You know, y'all doing y'all thing. You know what I'm saying? They honest. They being good to you. They giving you kind words. That's going to benefit you and whoever's around them. Right? So these are how you can kind of test these connections and stuff like that that we think that we have. If they be a lazy line and rebellious towards you, that's not no connection. And it's been like, not, not because they, I'm going through depression, I went through something. Everybody go through that. And I'm not making light of that. I'm talking about as far as that they're consistently like that towards you. And they enjoy being like that towards you. That's not no connection from no God. Okay? So they never say to cut them off. All right. So let's look up rebellion Bible definition. Yeah, just defiant, disobedient. Ain't don't cross my boundaries. I ain't got to listen to that. That's a defiant person that's rebellious against, you know, against you. Okay? All right. Isn't that, isn't that great? I want to look up, yeah, it says uh, rebellion. Uh, the root word of this Hebrew word means mara. Means to be or cause to be bitter or unpleasant. It is also translated most often as change, disobedient, dis disobey, provoke. They provoke you. Or they cause something around you to be bitter. It's not. It's not pleasant. It's you unpleasant. They unpleasant towards you. They're bitter towards you, for no reason. 
Remember, they're going against something you have said in your life. They're trying to provoke you. Those are not connections from God. Those are not connections I want to be vibe with. And I don't want to be like that towards other people either. So, okay, but remember, we always point the finger at ourselves, but again, uh, we all need relationships and connection and community. And if you have communities that's being lazy towards you and they're trying to make it seem like that's normal to be lazy towards like I don't got to put no effort into you. Ain't nobody got to do nothing for you. Oh, now you should want to, though. If you value something, you, you go to work, don't you? Because you value that money. You value them women. You going on out with them and cash out on them. You understand? So don't let people try to play you into thinking that it's okay for them to be lazy, to lie to you, and be rebellious towards you. That means to provoke you, to be bitter towards you, to be unpleasant. Because that's, that, that's, that's not relationship or connections or energy that God ever wants us in. If somebody is causing that to be in your life, you need to cut them off, okay? So let's go ahead and go to Enduring Word. And then I'm going to let you guys go because I got to go fold these clothes, honey, and iron these clothes, okay? And again, this is EnduringWord.com. I'm turn my fan on, guys. I hope that you can still hear me, okay? All right. Calling my hormones or something. I'm a little hot today. Ah, nice cold water. I'm on my second bottle of water. I'm trying to get that water in. So, we just read that, right, from BibleRef.com, and then we heard my commentary. This is a different commentary. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. That's a different uh, different uh, version, okay? So, it says, whoever loves instruction. Wisdom tells us to keep learning and to love instruction and knowledge. A humble willingness to be taught shows a true love of knowledge, Okay? The proud man or woman who is unwilling to receive correction reveals his or her own rejection of knowledge. Okay? Alright? So that's what someone discovers himself to be most foolish and a stupid creature because he is an enemy to himself and to his own happiness. That's very, very uh, strong there. Okay? Then it goes into verse 2. And I like this one, Enduring Word, because it breaks it down verse by verse. So, verse 2, a good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a wicked man intentions he will condemn. Obedience to God leads to a deeper relationship with him. This principle was especially true under the old covenant with its promise of blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience. Okay? And it says, God sees the heart and sees wicked intentions before they result in action. Okay? And even if they never result in action. So, he knows your heart. Okay, a man of, of wicked intentions, he will con condemn. He 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 condemns your intentions. Like, no, nah, I know what you you know, I know what your motives was about. Okay. Many men seek to advance and establish themselves through treating others badly. Lying, cheating, and deception are common are common when someone seeks to advance or establish himself. This is never God's way and can never and, and and never enjoy his blessing. That's Proverbs 12 and, 12 and 3. Now, this is a commentary. Commentary. This is a theologian saying this. A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. Okay? It's not established by their wickedness. They want to be established by it. They want to be established by lying and cheating and deceiving you. But the Lord says it's not to be so. So it says the root of the righteous cannot, not will not, or maybe can't. It can't be moved. God establishes his righteous ones in a firm, permanent way. The root grows, goes down deep and holds strong like a tree. You should be like a tree. Oh my goodness. You should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that giveth forth fruit in her season. 
most most people say it, it says her. So it's a feminine thing when you produce. You know, you get a seed, and then you produce and make something out of it. I just like that because I love being a woman. Okay, I love being a woman, and you guys should love being a woman too. There's nothing against guys. Men are very much no, so necessary. Okay, you know, ain't nothing against it. I'm just saying I love being a woman. It says her season, but I'll say that to say this: you should be planted. You should be rooted and grounded in love. You should be rooted. You know, you can't just go over and just pull the tree over because you don't like. It don't work like that. The Lord it said it cannot be moved. You can't move it. Okay? The way that he establishes them, he roots them. So when people think that you're going down in the dirt and they think that they're buried, the Lord is rooting you. He, he's like, I'm, I'm rooting for you and I'm rooting you. Yeah. And you know, you start breaking out of that dirt and then you start growing and now you establish and plant it and you plant it down. Down, it says goes deep and it holds strong. All right? So he's rooting you. He's rooting for you. He's rooting you. Okay? And anyone who tried to establish them said, you have to establish yourself. You're not establishing anything to do with God if you lie and cheat and try to deceive people and, and uh, treating people bad. That's what it says here. I didn't make this up. You can go look on EnduringWord.com yourself. Look up Proverbs 12. Like, you adding that. I'm not adding that. This is a theologian's. I didn't go this deep. He went deeper than what I thought to go. Okay? He's smarter than me. Right? So, let's continue. Evil is always variable. It is no fixed principle except the root that is in the human heart. And even that is ever assuming new forms. Nothing is permanent but goodness. And that is unchangeable because it comes from God. God's love never changes. His faithful faithfulness towards you never changes. That's why I love God. I'm like, well, you know, I just he's so much easier for me to trust than it is people. Especially if you've been done wrong by them. You know, right guts. I'm just saying. That's what it says here. Cause them stupid, stupid creatures. I'm not going to say that. But it never changes. His joy never changes. The peace that surpasses all this understanding never changes. When he created the sun and the moon, they never change unless he wants them to. They never change. It's permanent. The air here is permanent. The plant life is permanent. The things that he established and said, it is good. And it says anything that is good is permanent. Anything that is wicked is always changing. You ain't never known a wicked person to stay the same. Don't say the same. They actually evolve and kind of could. You understand? It's not a fixed principle. It's unfixed. And that's why it calls it irrational here out of the book of Proverbs. I don't want to be irrational. I want to be rational. I don't want to have no common sense. I want to have common sense. I don't want to be lying and, and trying to pull somebody down. I want to be building my own stuff the Lord told me to do and build it for him so he can get his great pleasure out of it. I'm not trying to build no name up for myself. I want to build him up. Because he's just that good. And that's permanent. The other one is temporary. Okay? That's why it says don't envy the wicked. There's nothing to envy. It's not permanent. It's temporary. Okay? Very, very easy to know. Very good. And this is very good. Okay? That's a, this is a very good commentator here. Alright, now he goes on to verse for an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who cause of shame is rottenness in his bones. That is strong. Okay. Of course, this is a different version. This might be um, New King James Version and stuff like that, you know, because it's more like modern speech. I was taught out of the King James Version. And I like it. Most people say, that's a made up Bible. I still like the principles in it. You can say whatever you want to say. It's really good to me. Okay. Am I perfect? No. Okay. I didn't say that. I just said I really like it. It really challenges me in a beautiful way. It's, and I feel love through that challenge. I feel comfort in being challenged by the Lord to be better. Okay? It's a beautiful... Because I know it's coming from a good space. If you know somebody got your best intentions, intentions, 
and they, they have mo pure motives towards you, you know. They ain't saying they pure, but they motives towards you as pure. There's safety there. You don't feel safe around people that you know they motives towards you ain't pure, and they have cruel intentions towards you. So it's, it's, it's safety in the scriptures. Very beautiful. Okay? So let's continue in what this theologian had to say about this wife and then the other one that causes shame. One is a crown. One is rotten. Those ain't even the opposite, right? Normally say the crown and the noble, not a crown. One is a crown that says one is rottenness to your bones. One is a crown that you put upon your head and it helps you with, you know, it's a sense of authority. It's a sense of prestige and royalty. The other one is rotten your bones. It's the structure in which that you have, it's going to start crumbling. That's what it's saying. It's very important who you call yourself getting married to. Very important indeed. I know a lot of times, I'm not married. Okay, not yet. I know a lot of times people are, all right, like, okay. All right, now let's get into what this theologian said, okay? I didn't say it, all right? I was thinking it, but you said it. Me said, that's, that's me talking to wisdom. <laughs> that's me talking to wisdom. Like, well, I was thinking that. I know I'm a crown, and I know that's some rotten stuff. And I didn't say it, but wisdom is like, you know, but you were thinking it, you know what I mean? Okay? You said it, but you were thinking it. That's me and wisdom talking. All right, me and the wisdom of God. All right? You know, have a little humor a little bit. It's okay to laugh and learn at the same time and be challenged. So let's go into what he said about this excellent wife. Okay? A man may achieve success in many areas of life, but unless there is happiness in the home, all other achievements are empty. To have an excellent wife and all the home happiness that she brings is a tr true crown of success. That's why you could see a guy to be a janitor and he have a good wife at home. He just be having a good little time. Like, I, you, you want to go out to have beer now? I ain't, I go, I'm going home. You know, the wife made me some meatloaf and ran me a bath water. Amen? Ain't that nice? Don't that sound fun and beautiful? To be honored like that in your own home? Especially you paying the bills up in that mud? I wouldn't be standing nowhere where I'm not being honored. And I don't. They, they oh, you don't know how to stay. No, no, I'm not standing when I'm being dishonored now. Now, you, you are, now if you have kids, they're going to dishonor you. You know, I'm talking about as far as like relationships. I'm not standing around there. You dishonoring me. Uh-uh, because it'll make other things around me feel empty. You being dishonorable. Okay? That's true success. Okay? The modern sense of virtuous, okay, King James Version means excellent. Okay? All right? It does no justice to the Hebrew's root word idea, okay? It means strength or worth. The modern phrase she has a lot in her expresses something of the meaning. She has something in her. You can't be, you don't be jealous of her strength and her worth. That is going to, her strength and worth is going to be able to cultivate that happy atmosphere in your home, which is your home base. And so when you go out and achieve this success in different areas of your life, it's fulfilling and it's not empty. Now you're not trying to get your emotional needs met at work. Now you're not sleeping with somebody at work. Okay. Your career can be emotionally fulfilling in a way. You feel a sense of significance. You're in your purpose. I was born to be a writer or I was born to be a basketball player. Like, yes. But that can be empty if you have an unhappy home and you have the wrong spot. It's just what it is. It's what it is. Okay. I didn't say that the scripture said. Okay. So she who causes shame is like rottenness. A wife that brings shame to her husband and the family seems to have taken 
take away life and happiness instead of bringing it. The ignorant wife invisibly saps his energy and vitality and deconstructs him from within. Didn't I just say that? It says that she rotten into your bones. Your bones give you structure. That's what you stand on, your bones, right? You stand up straight because of your bones. You know what I'm saying? It says, you know, a merry heart is life unto the bones. Okay? But if you, if you have a wife that's bringing you shame, you can't blame nobody else outside of whoever you got in your house. That's the one that's sapping your energy. It ain't nobody outside of your house. That's what it said. A lot of people like to blame shift. No, I ain't doing that, bruh. That's whoever you got in your house. Touch it up and say, who you got in your house? Who do you have in your house? Ain't that good? So next time you have a man say, who, who you think you are? You just, you just, uh, you think you got, you got too much self-worth. You just so strong. Well, the Lord puts that inside of the person. They, they not, they didn't say they was perfect. They might have a level of strength. And they said that they was, you know, arrogant, but they do have worth. Okay. Like, what do you, if the Lord give, if the Lord made it, it's worthy. Like, what you talking about? So they have worth. That strength and that worthiness is going to help her be an excellent wife. To be able to build a happy home. It takes strength to try to build happiness in your home. It's easy to have ignorance in your home and be loud and hollering and mad, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Everybody get mad. I got mad yesterday, so I ain't going to, you know. I'm talking about as far as like, you know, just all the time. It takes strength to want to build a man up and build a household up. That's not no, that's not, that's not, that's not for no weak woman. If you want, I want somebody that I feel stronger than, well, that's why you tired. They have to be stronger than you in certain areas. You want to build the household up and then go out there and achieve success? <coughs> Where the woman supposed to do that? We're going to get to that, uh, the last chapter, Proverbs 31. Everybody know that the virtuous woman. Of course, virtuous is translated to excellent. But the Hebrew word and the idea of this word virtuous is strength and worth. The Lord gave them. Let's look at worth. I just, I'm just stuck on these words, y'all. This is just, oh my goodness, I could just stay in this for two hours. But I got to go fold this clothes. Let's look up worth definition, okay? When people try to attack your worth, your self-worth, they try to attack your worth. They try to attack your strength. And it's not your strength, it's God's strength. It's not your worth, it's his worth. That means it's supposed to work for you. So somebody being rebellious against your worth or your strength, that's not no godly connection. Okay, let's look up worth. Yeah, merit. Moral or personal value. You're valuable. And your value shouldn't diminish according to who you're going to be serving. That man should like the fact that you have value, personal value, because it's worth, it's worth, it's going to help him be worth something. See how that goes? Your worth and your strength is going to help to be able to build that atmosphere in the home. This is what this scripture is saying. The other one, okay, because it's always got to be a contrast. It's not that we saying it's one is, you know, it's just what it is. The other one is going to sap your energy and deconstruct you. A crown is a symbol of honor, but the negative side, decay of your bone, is disgrace. And it will eat away at your strength and destroy your happiness. Do you feel strong? Or are you starting to feel weak? I get so weak in the knees, I can hardly speak. I lose all control. And something takes over me in the days. It's just so amazing. It's not a phase. I want you to stay with like, you know, that sound, I love that song. But what's taking over? Something taking over you. What's going on? I just, man, she just made me so weak. And you, you, you see like you ain't got no strength. They building your strength up and they taking it away. That's what this scripture is saying. 
They decay your bones. So if you got a female in your house that's decaying your bones and destroying your happiness and your strength, you can't blame nobody outside of your house. That's whoever you cause to have in your house. Is it a shame and rottenness or is it a crown? I shall wear a crown. Is it a crown? Which one is it? That's very good. And I don't know about you. I ain't trying to be no shame and rotten. Okay, I know I'm a crown. Hallelujah. Okay, I got a long ways to go, but I'm a crown. All right, let's go to Proverbs. Let's go to verse 12. Verse 5 in, in uh, chapter 12. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The righteous man or woman is not only right in their actions, but even in their thoughts. They know something of what it means to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Okay? So that's why I said we want God to always touch. Please renew my mind. Please create me. Clean my heart. Clean my heart. Renew my mind. You know, I need my mind renewed in this area. Because my, my thoughts and my worries ain't matching my actions. I'm starting to look like a double-minded man. You know, like a apostle. When I go to do the right thing, I don't. That's right there. It's a disconnect there. So you need to ask him to read. Please renew my mind. Just renew it. Sometimes you got to meditate on it. Renew my mind. I don't want to cuss them. I renew my... <laughs> Renew my mind. I don't want to stop. You know what I'm saying? You have to ask the Lord to renew that. If you got an anger problem or if you have a lust problem, you, I don't want to touch that woman. Renew my mind. I know she got a demon. Like, you understand what I'm saying? You have to. <laughs> I'm laughing, but that's the truth. And sometimes you're going to be like, Joseph, you got to run. Okay? That's what they say, run. Sometimes you got to do that. All right. So it says, the counsel of the wicked are deceitful. As for the wicked, it is more than their actions that are deceitful. Their counsels, their thinking and thoughts. It's full of deception and, and error. That's what counsels mean, thinking and thought. Their thoughts is, they have a warped thought process. So their counsel is even deceited, deceitful. Okay? Not their rash thoughts only, but also their deliberate ones are how to circumvent others or to cloak their own wickedness. That's a counsel of wickedness. That's a counsel of you being deceitful. You want to cloak your wickedness. You want to deliberately, you know, circumvent others. That's what it's saying. Okay. All right. I want to have good counsel around me. All right. So if you want to keep, this is really, like, this is deep, y'all. Like, we only on verse six. This, this enduring word, this is a good one here. Okay. I'm going to read the rest of this offer because I don't want to take too much of your time up. But this is real deep right here. Okay. And he just, it just goes on and on and on. It's very good commentary. And they also have some good, like, latest blogs on there. If you like a person that really loves blogs and like to read the blogs and, you know, find them hilarious and witty and stuff like that, you can look, that, look at that on there as well. And then pull your dictionary out. Get you a concordance. I know I got mine up in there. Okay. Or just use it online. There's, there's no shame. Everything is, a lot of things is digital now. Everything is, you know, metaverse and stuff. So don't let people shame you. If you don't want to use your books, you don't have none. You could buy a lot of things. They let you, what, buy the books or you could download them on your Kindle Fire, right? That's my cat meow. I'm going to have to let her out. All right, guys, I have to tend to my animals, right? Because that's it's a sense of righteousness, loving our animals. And then I also have to fold these clothes and iron these clothes. I hope that you guys have a rest of a productive day. It's about the lunch hour. I think I'm going to get myself a nice little smoothie or something like that. I hope that you have a good day. And I hope that this helped you. This really helped me. This really, 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 really helped me. It's encouraging and it challenges me to stay the course. You guys have a wonderful day. This is Humble Day. Much appreciation and gratitude unto you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Praise God and peace. Jesus, he will carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep.